Bookcase and Coffee presents Buzzing About Romance, a quick shot of romance. Hey everyone, welcome to Buzzing About Romance, a quick shot of romance. Joining me for this episode is podcast contributor Carolina. Hi, Carolina. Hey, Becky. Um, so on this episode of A Quick Shot of Romance, we are reviewing uh, the Dirty Sweet Duet, and we are reviewing book two of the duet, uh, Sweet Fate. Um, this uh, this is something different. We've never done this before. It's kind of groundbreaking for our quick shots of romance. Uh, usually if we do like a series or a duet, we do all the books together in one, one episode. episode. <laughs> but this time we're teasing you and um, we left being you a little with a cliffhanger. <laughs> we did. In so the last you... episode. <laughs> yes. So if you have not listened to the last episode, you're going to want to go back and listen to Sweet Liar. Um, so that you can catch up to speed on, uh, so as we review Sweet Fate, because while we'll give you a little bit of background on the two characters, we are not going to go into the huge, big backlog of who these two characters are, because we did that in the first episode. Um, okay, so Carolina, how about you read for us the synopsis for book two? The conclusion to Dylan and Audrey's story begun in Sweet Liar. Dylan Locke knows that pining over the young ingenue Audrey Lind is pointless. He can't offer her what she wants. He definitely can't give her what she needs. Thank goodness she's half a world away and he doesn't have to deal with his attraction head on. But fate had a, has other plans for him and when Audrey once again lands in his bath, path, it's only too easy to fall back into their easy rhythm. And then their easy banter, and of course, each other's arms. He tells himself nothing has changed. She still wants forever, and he still thinks tomorrow is long enough. But watching her search isn't as easy as he thought it would be. And Dylan, and now Dylan must figure out if he's really the love Scrooge he professes to be, or if he's been fate's willing victim all along. So this book released March 15th of 2019. It's an age gap, uh, takes place in London. It's a second chance uh, because of book one. <laughs> um, <laughs> he is a pining hero in this book. Oh, he's a pining hero. <laughs> Single dad, girl chases boy. Um, and the love coach trope that we had in book one does not really play anymore. Um, we have moved on from that. So, uh, Sweet Fate picks up uh, nine months later. So after Audrey has left him in New York to go back to school, this picks up nine months later with a surprise wedding of Audrey's sister to Dylan's business partner. If you did Sab not... Sabrina and Donovan. Sabrina and Donovan. If you did not read the previous book in the duet... Oh, if you didn't read the previous duet... So it's not. It's actually the beginning of the series... Um, mm -hmm. you might not miss the strong connection relationship between Dylan and Donovan, um, but it does play into some things that happen to Audrey as the book goes forward. So I don't want to spoil that, but it plays into it. <laughs> Let's just say that Donovan's character is, he's always been 
five steps ahead of everybody and he's a little bit of a chess master. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Because the final partner got his book just this year or at the end of 2021 and he was still manipulating things around then. Yeah. It's, It's almost his love language. That's Donovan's love language. Manipulation. Yeah, because there's certain things that he sees, he recognizes. Yeah, it's very true. Okay, so let's talk about Dylan and his pining. Oh, God, he pines. Like, seriously, they're at this wedding. He's there. It's the first time he's back really in the States with his business partner in several months. His best friend is throwing a surprise wedding for his fiance. And all Dylan can do is hope that he gets a glimpse of Audrey. He just wants to see her. He's talking to his business partner. And he's like looking around the crowd. And his son is there with him too. (laughs) I mean, he's in a corner playing his video game. He really is like just bored with all the people. Um, But yeah, he's just trying to get a glimpse of her. Not even talk to her. Just a glimpse. He just wants to see her. And then it's a surprise wedding for uh, Savannah, right? Sabrina. 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 I keep saying her name wrong, but it's me. So you'll forgive me, guys. Um, <laughs> and uh, so the wedding goes forward. And after the nuptials have happened, he has a chance to talk to Audrey. And their connection is like immediately sparks again. Like there, it's like no time was lost. But he's dumb. He's so dumb. <laughs> he's he's stuck in his like I'm I am not. Well, he still has his walls up, but at this point, it's it was clear, and part of the reason they broke up in the first book was because she wants her the one she wants to meet her man, um, and she wants marriage, and she says she wants kids. She wants like six kids and he knows that that's in his mind that's not what he can give her yeah it's not going to be him he can't even commit to long-term relationship like a short fling is about all he feels capable of giving um and so scene wedding end scene and we are forward in london three months later and he finishes a meeting and happens to take a walk through the park. Which he never does. Never does. He says it's out of character, but he takes a walk through the park and he runs into Audrey. Ah. And it's like her first, the first few days, it's within the first week of her coming to London um, for an internship at the National Gallery. Yeah. When they leave things at the wedding, he tells she tells him that she's looking at a job potentially in Boston, Boston. maybe in New York. Um, She's going to move in with a boyfriend who's going to go with her, who's there at the wedding with her. Um, But he's not really a boyfriend. He's just a guy friend. Um, And so Dylan is mopey and he's still thinking about, he is pining, pining, (laughs) pining, pining. And again, I listened to a lot of this in audiobook and Shane East, he pines really well. (sighs) Oh, You know he's my favorite. You know. It's the whole reason why I, I listen to most of this book. I should also say, and we didn't discuss this in the first episode, but 
the first book is goes back and forth it's dual point of view this second book there may be one or two the epilogue the epilogue oh that's right the epilogue is the only chapter from audrey's perspective everything else is from dylan's perspective yeah so it's like eight hours of shane east whispering sweet nothings in your ear that's the other (sighs) thing i forgot about this book (laughs) the dirty talk Ooh, yeah. The dirty talk in this book is some of the finest quality dirty talk. I was listening and like doing my work on my computer and there'd be this section of dirty talk and I'd be like, like when they paint the bedroom. Yes. Oh, yeah. No. The other one. The, the oh, the booth. window, the, the peeping window, oh, buddy booth. The buddy booth. We'll get to that in a minute. Okay, we'll get to that. There was really something very interesting in this book, and I very, very much was surprised and enjoyed, and I shouldn't shouldn't have been. I love Laurelyn Page. I think she writes some of the greatest um, dirty-talking billionaire romances that are out there. Um, But in this book, there is a gender conversation. And this book was written in early 2019, and it was really nice to see this gender conversation um, and pronouns and such, and seeing that this author was that forward thinking. Um, It has to do with one of her uh, roommates, her friends, or coworkers kind of situation. And, you know, it's done so respectfully and so well that I was kind of like, wow, this is 2019? I was because published in 2019, she probably wrote it in 2018. So yeah, it was very, very much about thinking. A, a, a friend who, um, I think lives in the building with her. Yes. Because he was getting, Dylan was getting jealous, but she's like, no, he's, um, and I'm what she was trying to explain what term was it um oh that he was um bisexual not only bisexual it was it wasn't just bisexual it went to another level of, well they talked about um, his pronouns being they them they them uh, um but he was also um lord not just he loves women or men he loves oh anybody Right. Um, so I believe that's pansexual. Yes. Thank you. If I'm knowing everything correctly and if I got it wrong, send us an email, but don't be mean. Cause I'm trying. Yes. It's- so it, so she, she kind of coaches him through what all of those terms are because it's lost on him. And, and then he kind of, he, he's taken a step back through the whole process, but then he's also, okay, like, what about you? And, so it's just an interesting conversation about like a more relevant like now time conversation about what are you interested in who are you and how do you identify yeah i just felt like for 2019 it was very forward thinking and it was so well done um because you know my age and dylan's age are the same and sometimes those conversations aren't always easy or, and I'm confused and I need to ask questions. And she just did a really great job. 
And I, yeah. I just felt like it was should... a very, it was very natural. It wasn't, um, it, it felt like a conversation that you would have with your friends or somebody who wasn't familiar with those terms. So yeah, yeah. Probably the conversation the girl child has with me probably on a monthly. Um, but <laughs> don't drink while I talk. Um, <laughs> Dylan is not perfect in his pining. In my opinion, he makes some bad choices. Bad, bad choices. First, he keeps her at arm's length. He tries to be her friend. He tries to go to the pub with her and her friends and her coworkers. And mm-hmm. he's not a good social guy. That's like, I feel like that's some of those scenes where they really feel the age difference where it came into play. Um, and he let that get to his head. He did. Well, then, in my opinion, he does something that's one of the stupidest things he could have done. And that is Audrey has to invite somebody who was a potential donor to come to a work thing at the National Gallery. And she invites Dylan. And while Dylan is there, he is talking to her boss and finds out that part of this is to raise funds to add another curating assistant person to the staff. And so they're fundraising for that salary. He writes a check for the salary because he thinks he's securing Audrey a job. And if, you know, Audrey is fierce and determined to do things on her own. She's not trying to be taken care of. She's not trying to manipulate him because he has money. Well, and she says it like, before the event when she asked him to come don't bring your checkbook I just I I said that I was going to bring somebody this morning and nobody believed that I would so I just need to show you and I need my boss to see you that's all I need she never asked for money she never asked for everything and then he gets in his head he donates the money and then he sees her talking to a co-worker and they're laughing and he, he gets all up in his head yeah he was so dumb um and one of the things that's really themed and important in this book is can you be friends with someone you've slept with and still desire? Can you keep those boundaries, those lines? And <clears throat> Dylan seems to think he can remain friends without being a jealous jackass. Well, because there's a point in the book too that they, and it's, it's later kind of in the story but they they can't help their attraction anymore and so it's kind of this okay let's be friends with benefits um but audrey's like i'm still gonna date because i still need to find my one like we can't you know separate this attraction but if i decide that i want to start a physical relationship with somebody else i'll let you know and stop um and so he also is watching her date these guys. Like she's calling him like, what should I wear? Well, and there were times when, because of how she pursued him in book one, there were moments when I thought, okay, are these dates real? Mm-hmm. Or is she doing this to manipulate a, rela- a reaction out of him? Um, and they were real. They were real guys. Cause there was a moment where Dylan goes stalking one of the guys and he can't find him. And I thought, okay, maybe she's making them up. Um, she was not. He was a real guy. And he figured it out slowly. Um, but 
it was just a very interesting way to show chemistry um, because she is casually dating him. She's not pursuing these guys. It's more organic, you know, someone's and a coworker set me up. And, and you really don't know until they reveal the story as the time goes on, because like we talked about, this whole book is from Dylan's perspective with the exception of the epilogue. So you're, you're wondering where she's going with this. Is she trying to make him jealous or is she really just trying to put herself out there to find where she fits in, even though she, you know, how much does she really want Dylan? You know, there's chemistry, you know, there's connection, but. Um... I forgot pop on this one. And I, cause we're going to oh. talk about the next thing we're going to talk about. So the buddy booth. (laughs) Yes. 66% is when this book pops and it does not pop with P and V action. No, it pops with the buddy booth. So they are, they've kind of fallen into this relationship where they Skype with each other. They're in each other in uh, their own apartments and they watch TV together or Dylan works while she watches TV and, but they're in their own spaces And there is this scene of where uh, Audrey talks about buddy booths that in the States, you know, she's heard stories about these porn shops, Jack Shacks, where um, you could put your quarter in and rent a movie and, you know, slide your curtain back and forth if you wanted to let the person in the booth next to you watch while you masturbated in public and so which the whole concept just feels germy and icky to me but it's okay you do you um so she convinces dylan to do this buddy booth where they're both going to be on skype but they're going to move forward in touching themselves and it's freaking hot it is i think part of what it is too is that she's like okay put something on tv so she has something playing and he's watching her yeah he like consciously chooses not to um and to play anything because he's just he's fascinated by her he wants to watch her um and and then there's his kind of alpha side comes out because she's like okay describe to me what you're seeing and he he describes her but then what he really wants her to do um and so she plays along with it not realizing that he's solely watching her yeah yeah it's very hot and listening to shane east talk you through it is a whole nother sensual experience (laughs) (laughs) um but it is at this moment that they have the discussion about being friends with benefits and moving forward with things. Um, And the story actually moves fairly fast from this point on because it's 80, it's at 68%. So um, Audrey learns a couple of things that are happening in the background that she didn't realize. Dylan learns that Audrey might be in London because of something that Donovan did to manipulate things more starts to be revealed yeah um, and 
their relationship continues because she continues. I mean, at one point he tries to stay away from her. There's a time where he just, he realizes that this is more than just, he kind of realizes he's falling in love with her. Um, Does, and so he encourages he her to date. Her. Yeah. And he avoids her and she calls him out on it at one point, which is great. She's like, you're avoiding me. Like, knock that off. And then he does um, something even stupider. And there's a moment and we do, I'm not going to spoil it for you guys because I think you have to watch it. But something happens. He does something stupid and then something else happens and he has to leave London and go back to the States for his son. And at that point, there is nothing there. Like they have not committed to each other. They have not told each other they love them. It's not really a breakup because they weren't, you know, she has learned some of the things that has manipulations that have happened, but she leaves and walks away from him because she doesn't know what she wants. Well, and he's, he, she actually confesses her feelings. Did she at that point? Yeah, she did. But okay. it's overshadowed because he he's taken off guard and he doesn't know how to react. And so he, he kind of goes like he just basically like goes silent because he just he doesn't know what to do um and then he gets called to the U.S. and then there's a lot more that's revealed in regards to which I'm, I'm going to be very general because I don't want to reveal anything else but when you're put in a kind of crisis situation there's uncertainty um I think it allowed him to really figure out what he feels and who he wants, um, as well as there's more revealed about um, his relationship with his ex-wife and some of where that broke down and where she stands yeah. with everything. Um, and And so all of that really helped him clarify what he wants yeah I think it was very powerful the conversation he has with the ex-wife in the book it actually leads to him having some major realizations and just how solitary he had made his life at that point and um that it was causing issues within other relationships for <laughs> him um so we are going to stop there because at this point we've you know, kind of walked you through the book, feelings we had about the book. Um, so overall, we are now going to answer our three questions about the duet. Um, and so these three questions, instead of just on this particular book, it's actually we're covering both books together. I will also, I want to just make one more statement before we go into our three questions, because there's the... Um, this this duet wasn't as dark as I was expecting it to be because the first dirty duet with Sabrina and Donovan is much, much darker. Um, and the book with Elizabeth and Weston um, is not as dark. Like it doesn't hit that element to it. So if you've read any of those other books, this, this doesn't have that dynamic to it at all. 
It doesn't. And if you've read the one that just released um, in 2021 that concludes the series, it goes back to the dark. Um, So it is definitely this is the lightest within the group of the five. This is the most. um, It's it's more straight contemporary romance than kind of the damaged hero major more. Yeah, billionaire. Contemporary romance, billionaire romance is more mm-hmm. this one. Um, okay, so let's do our three questions. So, Carolina, did you like this duet? I did. I enjoyed this duet. It was a fun read. It was spicy. And um, I loved Audrey. I loved her boldness. I did, too. I did, too. And this was a reread for me and a re-listen. And it reminded me why I love Laura Lynn Page so much. Mm-hmm. It's so well written, such great characters. I too really like this duet. Um, so, who do you think would typically like this book? Um, we just talked about it a little bit, but um, if you were looking for a billionaire romance, um, you want somebody that has definitely the dirty, dirty talk. You're looking for hero that likes the dirty talk and even um audrey embraces that as well yeah she does and in a little bit of the taboo role play i think yeah elements in there um i think anybody who is if you've read julie salmon you would like these if you've read like her edge of chaos series or the uh billionaires of boston this would this duet particularly fits into mm-hmm. that because it's not as dark. Um, it's definitely a contemporary romance, billionaire romance, but it, you're going to want it a little bit more on the spicier side. <laughs> While they do pop a little later, there's it's definitely a lot of sexual tension in this book. Um, so would you recommend this book or this duet? Yes, I would have no problems recommending this duet. I think it's a great read. It's a fun read. And um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, I would recommend it too. I think particularly if you are um, looking for that dirty talk, that sexier billionaire styled romance, this is a great one. And I listened to this duet in Hoopla and at different points and at different times, Laura Lynn Page has either put the book free or um, had him on sale for 99 cents. So um, I will also tell you if you want to listen to the audio and you're purchasing it from Audible, Amazon, they they built it so that you you buy book two and it comes with book one altogether. So you so pay attention to that because I almost didn't. Okay. Um, yeah, so you can get the full duet for one price or one credit. If you go for the second one. Okay, good to know. Um, So uh, if you have a book you would like us to review for a quick shot of romance, send us an email at thebees at bookcaseandcoffee.com and we will happily uh, put it into our TBRs and see where it can come out. Um, And until next time, everyone, happy reading. Find us on Instagram at buzzingaboutromance or on Twitter at buzzingromance. 
If you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes.